Welcome to Copyright Clearances Podcast Series. I'm Christopher Keneally for Beyond the Book. It's Friday, July 28th, 2017. Our weekly guest is Andrew Albanese, Publishers Weekly Senior Writer, who joins me today from New York. Welcome back to Beyond the Book, Andrew. Hey there, Chris. So understandably, Andrew, we talk a good deal about Barnes & Noble on the show. After all, since the exit of Borders in 2010, B&N is the last remaining bookstore chain in the U.S., following over a decade of consolidation and the rise of e-commerce. Often, the news about BNN is not very good news either, but this week, one of the company's top shareholders paid the embattled chain a compliment, saying the company is undervalued, at least by other investors. Tell us about that. That's right. This week, a gentleman named Thomas Sandell, who's the CEO of a company called Sandell Asset Management Corp., uh, which describes uh, itself as a, a private alternative asset management firm, sent a letter to Barnes & Noble's board of directors urging the company to explore a sale to go private. Specifically, Sandell wrote that it had become clear to some of the company's stakeholders, at least to him, that it would be better if Barnes & Noble were operated as a private company or as a division within a larger company. Uh, Sandell said that Barnes & Noble share price, which was just over $7 this week, around seven ten, I think, which is down about 36-37% from the beginning of the year, is undervalued in part because investors have, quote, overreacted to the problems faced by brick-and-mortar bookstores. Physical books and physical bookstores are not going away anytime soon, Sandel said. Well, Barnes & Noble is undervalued. Hmm. That's an interesting take on the state of the embattled chain, uh, but it's not necessarily an original one. Indeed, the company has explored going private before. Yeah, indeed. Over the years, Barnes & Noble has dealt with various proposals to be bought out or to merge with another company, uh, most recently from the company's founder and CEO, Len Riggio, who in 2013 floated the idea of buying the Barnes & Noble trade bookstores. But that offer, you remember, came in a particularly interesting moment, uh, basically in the midst of uh, a lot of ebook drama and the effects of the Apple ebook case, uh, and after the company's Nook Media division began to show signs of what was pretty serious financial trouble. Uh, Riggio, of course, never completed that purchase, but here we are four years later and uh, Sandal, who is a shareholder whose company he says is taking a, quote, more meaningful stake in the business, is once again suggesting that Riggio take a look at taking the company private. Okay, so what do we think? Quarter after quarter of disappointing numbers, a sagging stock price. Has the market got it wrong? Is the chain possibly undervalued? You know, it's an interesting question, and nobody in the business has covered Barnes & Noble more for longer than my editor, PW Editorial Director Jim Milliot. So I walked down the hall and I asked him, uh, is Barnes & Noble undervalued? And here's what he had to say. What Sendall said was correct. They're the only national chain left. They still have 630 stores, and they have revenue of about $4 billion. So that's a pretty good case right there. And I do think they probably would be better if they weren't a standalone company anymore, facing all that scrutiny from Wall Street all the time. Now, I happen to agree with Jim's take, and it's not necessarily controversial to say that the public markets don't always get things right value-wise. But at the same time, I read Sendall's letter, and I'm not quite sure he's got the information right, or he's reading the data correctly, or frankly, I question what his endgame really is here and what his interest is. Well, when we return, Andrew Albanese has analysis on what motive may lie behind Thomas Sandell's call to take Barnes & Noble private. I'm Christopher Keneally for Beyond the Book. 
Publishers Weekly Radio has the very best in book talk directly from New York City, the heart of the book publishing world. I'm Mark Rotella, Senior Editor at Publishers Weekly. And I'm Rose Fox. I'm a Senior Reviews Editor at Publishers Weekly. Join us every Friday for a full hour of exciting author interviews, best-selling books, and expert reports on the nuts and bolts of publishing. Every week, we make sure that you have the inside story of your favorite story. Take a listen at publishersweekly.com slash pwradio. I'm Christopher Keneally from Beyond the Book with PW's Andrew Albanese. It's Friday, July 28th, 2017, and we are considering an investor's call for bookselling chain Barnes & Noble to exit the public markets. Now, certainly Thomas Sandel's letter to Len Riggio and BNN's board said some fine and flowery things about the book-selling business, Andrew, all of which must sound good to publishers and to book lovers. So what do you think he might be missing, or if not missing, then at least interpreting for his own benefit? Yeah, the letter really did push some buttons. And, and for book lovers, it was a lot of red meat. Uh, you know, For example, Sandel noted that it is, uh, and I'm going to quote him here, a damning commentary on the absurdly short-sighted nature of the public markets that the sole national book retailer in the United States with strong cash flow, a loyal customer base, and a truly enviable countrywide footprint of stores in highly favorable locations is being afforded a market value of a mere $520 million. So you can dispute the way he interprets a number of those things. But in and of itself, he's not necessarily wrong. But I think he neglects the fact that Barnes & Noble's footprint is is shrinking and has been shrinking in the face of growing online sales and tough competition from a little shop we talk about every once in a while called Amazon, uh, which is now pushing into physical bookstores too. Uh, And with its massive scale, it really presents a daunting challenge to the entire concept of a chain store. You know, the old stack them high and watch them fly concept or having just tons of on-site books, you have to question if that's really feasible in, in this age of the internet. The Sandel proposal comes just weeks after Barnes & Noble reported that its sales fell 6.5% in the fiscal year that just ended April 29th. And revenue is also going downward as online retailing and ebooks uh, are drawing customers away from brick-and-mortar stores. Now, Sendell also points out that print books are not going away and that bookstores are here to stay. And the print renaissance is definitely something to factor in here. No, I I would agree with him that bookstores are not going away anytime soon. Uh, And I think he's right that given the stabilizing environment, uh, indie booksellers have found themselves in a pretty good position in selling print books. But the question is, can Barnes & Noble do what those indie stores are doing? I mean, Waterstones in the UK is a concept possibly worth emulating here from Barnes & Noble. Over there, they've sort of turned their chains into something of a loose federation of stores. They're all Waterstone stores, but they're all able to sort of customize their stores for their markets, for their own individual neighborhoods. Whether that can happen in the United States, I really doubt it. But more to the point, as Jim noted, the question may be, can Barnes & Noble do what needs to be done with Wall Street expectations weighing on their back. In his letter, Sandall calls Barnes & Noble 633 stores beachfront property, and he suggests that a purchase price of a billion dollars, that would be about double the current market value, that such a price would be a rounding error compared to other things that, like say, a host of internet or media companies would pay to have a retail presence that Barnes & Noble has. So that, to me, says a lot about what Sandall is actually looking to do here, which is to, to buy up some stock, take a bigger position, and then sell it off to a media company for a nice profit. And while the good things he says about books and bookstores are welcome to publishers' ears, the end game here, I think, should scare the hell out of publishers, if I'm being honest. Would Barnes & Noble benefit from going private? 
No, it's shareholders might. But to me, just speaking for myself personally, um, that move does not signal to me a company that is serious about innovation as much as it sounds like a company that's throwing in the towel. Uh, at the very least, I don't think Tom Sandell of Sandell Capital Asset Management has cornered the market on wisdom when it comes to the future of book selling. And it seems pretty clear to me that he really has uh, more of his own interests at heart here rather than, say, a love and belief in the book business. Okay, so prediction time. What's going to happen next? What shoe may drop? What do you expect to see? Well, we'll have more of this on course in the coming week on the PW website, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll certainly keep an eye on it if and when it develops. But as of now, all we know is that a Barnes & Noble spokesperson, uh, Mary Ellen Keating, told Publishers Weekly that neither uh, Sandell nor anyone from his hedge fund has actually reached out to the company yet, but that they welcome constructive dialogue with all of our shareholders. So as we say so often on this show, uh, stay tuned. Well, indeed, and whether Barnes & Noble goes private or not, PW's Andrew Albanese will stay public here and beyond the book <laughs> each and every Friday. Thanks for joining me, Andrew, and have a great weekend. My pleasure, as always. Coming next on Beyond the Book, Sedilla and Company is a translator's collective devoted to bringing the world's voices to an English-speaking audience. Nine translators who work in ten languages have banded together to provide publishers not only with top-quality literary translations, but also market intelligence across the world's languages and literatures. As co founder Heather Cleary tells me today's resource-strapped publishers are turning their backs on the world. If you're a, an editor at a major publishing house, you know, you have to look globally and that can be, that can be a little bit overwhelming. A world of words next on Beyond the Book. Beyond the Book is produced by Copyright Clearance Center, a global leader in content management, discovery, and document delivery solutions. Through its relationships with those who use and create content, CCC and its subsidiaries, Rights Direct and Nexus, drive market-based solutions that accelerate knowledge, power publishing, and advance copyright. Beyond the Book co-producer and recording engineer is Jeremy Brisky of Burst Marketing. I'm Christopher Keneally. Join us again soon on Beyond the Book.